word. Mark chapter number 6. For those who are visiting with us today, we're currently going through a series through the Gospel of Mark, and it's taking a minute to do that. Um, in fact, this is sermon number 19, and we're only in Mark chapter number 16, or Mark chapter 6. So uh, it's going to be a while before we're through this, but it's been a really good study. I've enjoyed it. And um, we, just know this, it is the shortest of the Gospels. So um, you can uh, take some, some solace in that. All right. Uh, Mark chapter 6 and verse number 7. Uh, the Bible says this, And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. And commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, in, in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart thence, Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. And let's pray together one more time. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, now you would... Uh, bless uh, the reading and the preaching of your word, and I pray, Lord, that uh, we would all have a desire to not just be good hearers of the word, but good doers of the word. Help us, Lord, uh, to be good soil for your word today. Uh, Lord, to allow your word to come in and find a resting place, but then also a growing place that would bring forth much fruit. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, remove all distractions from our minds and hearts and help us now to focus in on your word and your will for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This year, 2021, our theme here at Cornerstone Baptist Church has been looking unto Jesus. And I did not realize how important that theme would be as we've gone through this year and have experienced as a country, really as inhabitants of this world, to, as we consider all that's going on, how important it is for us to just keep our eyes on the Lord. Uh, too often we're so focused and, and uh, tempted to be focused on the news or on what everybody else is doing, and uh, the encouragement for us this year has been looking unto Jesus. And uh, I thought, if we're going to look unto Jesus, it would be very wise for us to study a little bit of who Jesus is by looking at one of the gospel accounts of his earthly life. And so that's why we've gone through the gospel of Mark or are going through it. Now, last time, as we started chapter number six, last time, it was almost a month ago that we were last in this uh, particular book uh, of the Bible. But last time we saw how Jesus came back to his hometown of Nazareth for the second time. Uh, in verse number one, it says, <clears throat> and, he came, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. So this means he was going back to Nazareth where he grew up. So he's going back to his hometown. Uh, but uh, sadly, 
uh, he, uh, he, did not, he was not received super well. In fact, in verse number 3, at the very end of that verse, the Bible says this about the people there, his hometown. It says, and they were offended at him. So he came into his own, and his own received him not. Well, after that, uh, he decided then uh, that it was time to finally send forth his disciples into the harvest field. Remember, as he called the different disciples to follow him, uh, many times, or at least he said to uh, Peter, he said, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, now it was finally time after all this time to, for them to go out and actually do what the Lord had called them to do. And uh, I, I don't know how these disciples felt about this, when it was finally time to start serving, when it was finally time to break away from being around Jesus and to go out and do what uh, the Lord has been training them to do, I don't know if they felt like, man, I'm, I'm really ready for this or not, but um, I, I remember when I was an older teenager and I really kind of started getting serious about my relationship with God and started going to uh, a church in my area there and um, they had they had this visitation thing that they were doing, and and uh, it, it seemed pretty interesting to me. And I thought, well, hey, I'll go and be a part of this visitation thing as long as I don't need to say anything. And so, sure enough, what they did and what we do here as well at Cornerstone, we have a new move-in ministry, where we have little little gift bags that we would go and uh, deliver to. Uh, uh, these new move-ins uh, to our area and just to say, hey, welcome to the area. We want to just invite you to church. If you're looking for a good church, we want to invite you to, to our church. And so they had that ministry set up there in the church I was a part of as an older teenager. Well, the way that worked was we went out just like Jesus did and or Jesus told his disciples to go in, in, in verse number seven, two by two. So the two of us went together. There was this older older guy. He wasn't much older. He was probably in his late 20s. And uh, he was kind of the leader. And, and uh, he did all the talking and he did the driving and he just needed me to be the silent partner. And I was completely content to being the silent prayer partner. As long as I don't have to say anything, I'll do this all day long. Well, we did this for about two or three weeks. And then finally, as we were we made one visit, same thing. He did the talking, and uh, I was a silent partner. And then, and then on the way to the next house, he said, all right, Eric, this next one, it's yours. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it, it might be mine to be the silent partner again, but as far as me doing the talking, uh, no thanks. I did not sign up for that. I signed up to be the silent partner. And he said, Eric, I think it's time. It's time for you to start talking. And boy, I became like instantly nervous. My hands began to clam up and uh, sweat started to form. I mean, it was knots in my stomach and everything. I started getting super nervous. Um, and, and I began to like play back like, okay, well, what if they ask all these strange theological questions that I have no idea what the answer is? And I really instantly began praying that they just simply would not be home. <laughs> and so, and, and so we, we go to this house, and, and I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And we knock, I knock on the door, and I'm just like, please, nobody be home. Well, the problem was I heard, like, the TV on in the background. I'm like, oh, great. 
think they're home, but maybe they didn't hear my knock. You know, I'm just knocking. <laughs> oh, no one's home. <laughs> I remember talking, and my mouth was all dry. And I really didn't say all the things that I should have said or said it in the way, but I, I stumbled my way through it. But it was, see, what, for me, it was time to start serving. It was time to start doing it. And, and as the Lord looks at his disciples and he says, hey, uh, guys, it's, it's time for me to actually send you out. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at this little passage and, and be encouraged, hopefully, along the same lines here as these disciples were encouraged as he was sending them out. And he says, look, it's, it's time to serve. You've been following me for all this time now. Now it's time for you to go on your own to a point and go and start serving. And so let's look here, first of all, number one this morning, on the ready, at the readiness of the disciples. Uh, verse number seven here, he called unto him the twelve. So remember, there was a whole bunch of people, I'm sure, still surrounding him and following him. And now he, he calls out those twelve disciples and pulls them close to himself. And he, verse number seven, seven says, began to send them forth by two and two. Uh, now, the timing of this particular passage took place toward the end of the second year of Jesus' ministry. So we're, we're towards the second year, and of course, he has about three and a half years of ministry. So this is a little over halfway through Jesus' ministry, and uh, these, these guys had been following him for, you know, these two years. They've been watching him and, and, and seeing how he responds, listening to his teachings, seeing him perform all these miracles. And they've been kind of enjoying it, no doubt, and uh, kind of in a little bit of a comfort zone. You know, hey, as long as I'm near him, you know, all, it's all going to work out. You know, they started to feel pretty safe next to him. Well, now the Lord begins to tell them it's time to go out and start serving. Now, I, I don't know whether or not these disciples felt that they were ready. But regardless of their feeling, the Lord felt that they were ready. I remember back in Mark chapter number 3, and if you want to just flip back there just super fast, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 14, the Bible says this, And he ordained twelve. So as he picks these twelve men, he first ordains them that they should be with him. And that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Now here in verse in chapter 3, he just ordained 12 that they would do this and that eventually they would uh, go out and preach. And eventually they would go out and do all this. Well, now here in chapter 6, if you go back to chapter 6, now it's time to actually start serving. And uh, we, we learned in, in Mark chapter 3 verse 14 that the first priority was to be with him. Remember, he ordained them that they should be with him. First and foremost, we need to make sure that we're with him and that we're spending time with him before we go out and preach, before we go out and serve the Lord, before we go out and minister, that we're making sure that we're spending time with him. And that should be our priority as well. Yes, we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but at some point in all of our Christian lives... Yes, we're to be with him. Yes, we're to spend time learning and growing and studying. Absolutely, very important, first priority. But then there does need to come a point in all of our lives when we step out and start serving the Lord. Start 
by serving others as well. Because, see, we just are there. We, we, if, if we're not careful, we'll just keep growing in our own understanding and our own knowledge. And, and again, good. But uh, we just we need to have an outtake, not just a complete intake. Because what happens if we just keep learning and growing, we'll develop all this knowledge. And what does the Bible say about knowledge? It can puff up can puff us up. We begin to start thinking, oh, I know everything there is to know. I've been studying all this time. Well, great. I'm glad you know. Why don't you start investing in others and serving the Lord? And see, these disciples had been with the Lord Jesus for two whole years, and now it was time for them to use the things that they had learned, and the, the growth that had taken place in their life. They were to use that now to impact others. As believers, it's great for us to be faithful to church, and, and that is an important part of the Christian life. But we're not just to come to church and, and receive. We're to take what we receive then and to use it to impact others and to serve the Lord. See, we are ministered unto so that we can be a better minister ourselves. We are blessed not just so that we can hoard all the blessings. We are blessed in order so that we can bless others. The readiness of the disciples. I don't know that they felt like that they were all that ready, but the Lord said, doesn't matter how you feel, it's time to go. And just like me, when I was in that car and, and my friend said to me, Eric, this next one is yours. I did not feel ready. I was completely inadequate. I felt like, man, I, I haven't rehearsed this. I haven't looked in the mirror and, you know, rehearsed it. You know, I, I haven't really worked on it. I'm not ready. He said, you're doing it anyway. I, don't, I, I know you're nervous, but you're going to do it anyway. And I'm glad I did because the Lord knew that uh, I would need to pass that hurdle and many others to get to the point where I'm able then to serve the Lord in this way that he has called me to do. So the readiness of the disciples. Maybe today you're feeling like, I don't know that I'm really ready to go and talk to my loved ones about the Lord. I don't know if I'm really ready to go and talk to my coworkers about Christ. When are you going to be ready? I'll just tell you this. I don't know that you'll ever feel ready. I remember when uh, I was an assistant pastor for those many years in California. I'd have people come up to me. You know, I'd been there for over 10 years. You know, they're like, hey, feeling ready to pastor? Like, not just... Not just, you know, be an assistant pastor, but like really be the pastor. I'm like, I don't feel ready. And someone finally said, you know what? You're probably never going to feel ready. And uh, I did not feel ready when Brother Randy called me and said, hey, we're looking for a pastor. I'm from Moore, Oklahoma. I'm like, where? <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel like I'm ready to go be a pastor. But, hey, if the Lord thinks I'm ready, I want to say, here am I, send me. And now, here's the deal. The Lord is looking among all of us and say, who's going to talk to that person about the Lord? Well, I don't really feel ready. Yeah, well, let's have the mentality of, Lord, I may not be completely like, I don't maybe have all these verses memorized, and I may not know everything, but I'm still willing to go. Here am I, send me. The disciples, they may not have felt ready, but the Lord sure did. He said, it's time to serve. So we see the readiness of the disciples. But then secondly, let's look at the resources of the disciples. 
as he begins to send them out, he says, by the way, I'm going to give you some things that you're going to need along the way. And uh, so he, he gives them what they need. In verse, number, in verse number 7, it says, He called unto him the twelve, began to, began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them, here's what he gives them, power over unclean spirits. So he imparts to them his power. But then in verse number 8, this is a little, uh, little shocking. And he commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey. Save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse. Be shod with sandals and put on two coats. So they were told to go with nothing except for a walking stick, the sandals on their feet, and only one coat that they were wearing. That and the power of Christ. Now, why would he do that? Why would he send them away? I mean, this is their first mission. This is the first time he's sending them out. Like, why wouldn't he give them, you know, a big backpack full of a survival kit? You know, a disciple survival kit. Uh, Seth has a survival kit because he's involved in Civil Air Patrol. And, uh, man, that backpack is packed to the brim with a bunch of stuff. I have no idea if you'd ever use it. But, uh, but you never know. Better be prepared. I know, I know. Well, the Lord didn't give these disciples a big backpack full of paracord and emergency foil blankets. He just gave them the walking stick and the clothes on their feet and, oh, by the way, the power of Christ. Why would he do that? I believe it could be because the Lord wanted these men to depend upon the power of God instead of the possessions of men. Wait a minute, you say, I thought the ministry and serving God was supposed to make somebody rich. (laughs) I mean, when you look at some of the celebrities, honestly, when you look at some of the celebrity preachers in our day and age, you would get the idea that serving the Lord is a very lucrative business. With all the fancy clothes and expensive shoes that some of these men own, the luxury vehicles, the mansions, the Learjets, These men have all fleeced the people of God to pad their wallets. And it seems as though the ministry is all about the almighty dollar. But when we look here at how Jesus sends these disciples out, he sent them with this much money. Because that's not what their priority needed to be. Their priority needed to be trusting the Lord to provide their needs along the way. And a real servant of God, that should be his heart. These many ministry people have the opposite of what the disciples had. You see, these celebrity, current celebrity preachers, they have possessions, but they're missing the power of God. Now, I'm not saying that those in the ministry can't have nice things because I stand here as a very blessed servant of God. I want to let you know that this church actually does take very good care of its pastor and its family. And I want to say thank you to our church family for that. And as I read this, I, I, I almost feel a little guilty um, because of how blessed and how generous this church is towards us. And I see the emphasis here, and I'm like, oh, I feel guilty to a point. Now, I realize there is 
other verses in the Bible that talk about how a church should take care of their pastor. I get that. But still, uh, the Bible still does say in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 2, for pastors to feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. I think there are a lot of people who are in the ministry for the paycheck. And uh, Lord, please help me to never be in the ministry for a paycheck. For being here to serve the Lord and to serve the Lord's people. That's why I want to be here. Now, uh, it would be a little concerning, though, if I showed up to church in a, in a Lambo, wearing a Rolex watch, wearing a $3,000 suit and $1,000 pair of shoes. There are pastors who do that. Um, I don't really maybe should say the word pastors. Um, there, are, there are people who do that and call themselves pastors. It uh, doesn't exactly present well. And uh, I don't want to be flashy um, because here these disciples were first sent with nothing but the clothes they had on their back and a walking stick and the power of God. And by the way, the power of God is all they needed. I want to make sure that here at our church that those of us who are serving the Lord, we serve with the right motives as well. But the resources of the disciples were not exactly what, you know, these men were probably expecting. He said, you don't need any money because I will provide for you. You're going to need to depend upon me. And, uh, and I, I'm thankful for those times in my life where uh, I have been uh, without and the Lord has provided and taken care of my needs. We have the Martin family here and missionaries to Portugal, and I'm sure you can relate to times when you had to totally depend upon the Lord. You had no script. You had no money. You had uh, nothing, and the Lord took care of you and, and met your needs along the way. And that's what these disciples had to learn because one day the Lord was going to be taken away from them, and they were going to have to serve the Lord and still depend upon Him to meet their needs. So the resources of the disciple. But notice here, number three, the reception of the disciples. As, uh, as he gets ready to send them out, he says, oh, by the way, here's how people are going to receive you. He says in verse number 10, he said, in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. He said, you find a place to stay, stay there. Don't be going around looking for a better place. Just stay there until... Uh, the Lord, until I move you along, until it's time for you to go. And there's going to be people that are going to receive you into their homes. And they're going to receive the message that you're going to give. But then verse number 11, he says, And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. He said, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city that does not receive you. So in other words, Jesus is telling them, look, some are going to receive and some are going to reject. And by the way, that's the way it's always been. In the ministry of Jesus, we see that some people believed and some people did not. You know, some pastors think, man, if, 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 if the Lord Jesus were just to come and preach this sermon, then everybody would respond out of obedience and submission to it. Now, now no question he would do an infinitely better job than I could do. 
But still, because God has given men free choice, some are going to believe and some are not. And that's what happened throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then we go into the book of Acts and we get these disciples who become apostles. And then they're, they're giving the message of the gospel of the resurrection out. And what happens? Well, same thing. Some people believe and some people don't. In Acts chapter 17 and verse number 4 says, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. So some of them believed, and then verse 5 says, but the Jews which believe not. So there were people always who believe, and there's people who don't believe. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples is, look, you're going to have some friendly people, and you're going to have some not-so-friendly people. He says that some were going to receive the message and be a blessing to you, and that there would be some who would reject the message and even be hostile to their message. In my experience, in serving the Lord, I have found this all to be true in my life, too. I have people, I've had come across people who are, were out door knocking, invite people to church, who are like, man, thank you guys for doing this. This is so neat, you know. You guys are going out and inviting people to church, talking to them about Christ. This is so wonderful. And, and those are always encouraging, you know. And they're like, hey, do you want something to drink? We had, uh, Mark and I were out yesterday together, my son Mark and I, and uh, he, we, we came across a lady, and she's like, well, it's great to see you guys doing this. Do you guys want something to drink? And uh, at the moment, we weren't thirsty. I kind of wish I would have been like, well, what do you have? <laughs> you got some root beer in there anywhere? <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, there, there's people who are genuinely glad and, and appreciative of you going out getting this message. And then there's others who are not. I've had many people slam their door in, their, in my face. I remember in California, we were out door knocking with our staff, and we were out in Costa Mesa, and not the best part of town. And I, and I walked up to a door, and I knocked on the door, and the guy answered the door, and he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, hey, I'm just out from, Cor well, at that point, not Cornerstone, Liberty Baptist Church. And uh, we're just inviting folks, and he's like, I don't want any of that. And I said, well, can I just leave this with you? And he's like, do you want me to go get my gun? Like, that escalated way too quick. <laughs> like, that did not need to go there, okay? Like, all, he's like, yeah, you just need to step off my property right now. Y yes, sir. I mean, wow. Okay, you don't need to go get your shotgun out. Okay, I'll leave. I remember another time in Newport Beach, a very affluent area, we were out with the staff, and uh, we're, I was walking up to this door, and the lady was outside. She was watering, like, her, her uh, flowers and her grass and with a hose. And, and, I, and I come up to her, and I say, hi, ma'am. And she's like, hi. And I said, hey, can I just drop off an invitation to Liberty Baptist Church? And she's like, no, thanks. And I'm like, well, can I just leave this with you? And maybe you can. And she's like, no. And she took the hose, and she started spraying it right by my feet. She's like, no, you can get off my property now. I'm like, okay, you didn't need to start, you know, uh, spraying me with hose. It, it wasn't even that hot of a day, so I wouldn't have really wanted it. But, I mean, so that's the deal. There are going to be people who are going to want you there and want to hear the truth, and there are, going to people, there are going to be people who don't. And that's what the Lord was telling these disciples. But let's notice number four here quickly this, after, this, this, this day, whatever time it is. 
the response of the disciples. What was their response? As Jesus is calling them to go and go forth, how would these disciples respond when it came to uh, time to go out? Would they refuse to leave their comfort zone? Or would they go out in courageous faith? Notice what the Bible says in these first four words of verse number 12. And they went out. I like that, don't you? Again, I don't know how afraid they were feeling. I don't know how nervous they were. I don't know how inadequate they felt. But regardless of their feelings, the Bible still says in verse number 12, and they went out. And so we see, first of all, here in their response, their movement. So despite their feelings, whatever they may have been, they still went out. Even though they knew there was a chance that they were going to be mistreated as they go to a certain city, they still went out. Now, most Christians understand the need for believers to share the gospel, but I have found in my Christian life that sadly, very few are actually willing to leave their comfort zone and go out to do so. If I were to ask everybody, hey, raise your hand if you believe that Christians should share the gospel, I think every hand would go up. But again, how many of us are actually willing to go and do it? See, these disciples, they knew what Jesus was calling them to do, but they didn't just know what, they, what he wanted them to do. They went out and did it. And they went out. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, as we've mentioned already. And perhaps you, like me, watched different videos and heard different stories, reminiscing back to 20 years ago of the bravery of those who helped save lives. One of my favorites, and perhaps one of yours too, was of Todd Beamer, a passenger aboard Flight 93 that was hijacked and was headed for Washington, D.C. to perhaps crash into either the Capitol building or the White House. Well, after a phone conversation with airphone operator Lisa Jefferson, Todd bravely and courageously teamed up with a few other passengers and stewardesses to thwart the plan of those hijackers. He called his team into action with the words, anybody know? Let's roll. You all do. You see, Todd left his comfort zone to help others. And my question for all of us this morning is this. Where are the Christians who would be willing to leave their comfort zone to tell others about the only way of salvation? I, I don't really want to go out and talk to people here in our community. I mean, what if, what if they don't like it? They may not. I, I don't really know all the things I need to say. You don't have to say much. A lot of it's on the flyer. You can just hand out those flyers. Why can't we leave our comfort zone for something that it has eternal implications? God's called us. It's not a suggestion. It's called the Great Commission. The Lord wasn't just saying, hey, if you have nothing better to do, why don't you go ahead and go out and get the gospel out? No, this is a command, a commission to the entire church. We applaud these men who are so brave to do that. Well, God's looking for some brave souls who would be willing to go out into 
the harvest field here in Moore, Oklahoma, to share the gospel. I'm thankful for missionaries that, go, that are willing to go to Portugal with the gospel of Christ. But where are the missionaries that are going to go to Moore, Oklahoma to get the gospel? Well, your answer is found when you look into the mirror. Because you are the missionary, I am the missionary that has been called to reach this Jerusalem for Christ. I remember uh, another time when I was starting my, my Christian growth in, um, in Southern California. I was there with my, my best friend and I. We were both, I think, seniors in high school. This church had a, a, an outreach kickoff night. And uh, what they had is they had, a, they had a free meal. They had, like, training after the meal, and then everybody would go out after the training. And so my friend and I said, free food, we're there. So we went for the free food, and uh, we enjoyed the meal, ate the meal. They had the training time. We decided we are going to stay for the training time because we're that great of Christians. And then, and then after, after that training time was going, everybody started to, like, dissipate and uh, go out and get in their cars, get their maps and all that. And my friend and I were like, let's make a run for it. We honestly were trying to get to our car and, not, and, and to go back home instead of go out and, and, vis- and do visitation. We got the meal. We got the training because we're good Christians. But as far as actually going out, no thanks. And as we were, we were almost to our car, and the director, uh, the, one of the assistant pastors who directed this whole outreach thing, yelled out for us. He said, hey, guys, where are you going? And I looked at my friend, and I was like, oh, so close. We turned around like, uh, we tried to make something up. Like, uh, well, we were just, uh, we weren't sure what to do, so we were just going to go home. And he's like, no, 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 come on. We got, we got some guys we're going to put you guys with. Yeah, you guys are going to go out. Oh, man. I get it, in other words. I understand uh, the hesitation. But I'm telling you, there's, there's no joy in sitting on your couch doing nothing. But there is great joy when you get out and you know you're part of God's plan in reaching the world for Christ. We have an opportunity coming up in a few weeks here at Cornerstone Baptist Church on October 2nd. On a Saturday morning as we gather together as a church family and do an all-church prayer and outreach day. Not a some of the church not just the, the pastor's family prayer and outreach, but an all-church prayer and outreach day. I want to encourage you to be involved in some movement on that and, and to be a part of it. I want to encourage you to, uh, as you go to work and as you go out and about, to be conscious of those around you and to go and be courageous enough to talk to people about the Lord. And so we see their movement, but then notice num- number Next here, their, their message. As we consider their response here, they, they moved. They went out in verse number 12. But then also in verse number 12, we see what they went out to do. They went out, verse 12, and preached that men should repent. They preached. Uh, they focused on the spiritual condition of men. And they went declaring the same message that Jesus preached way back in Mark 1 and verse 15. If you recall, we we looked at that where Jesus said, Repent ye and believe the gospel. So these men went out and preached the same message that men should repent of their sin and believe the gospel. 
And that's the same message, by the way, for all of us in here today, especially if you're not saved. Repent and believe the gospel. Turn from your sin and come to Christ and believe the death, burial, and praise the Lord, the resurrection of Christ. Their emphasis was was focused on the spiritual needs of people. They were concerned about where people would spend eternity. And so these men, these disciples, two by two, went preaching that men should repent. And so that was their message. But notice number three here, their ministry. Verse number 13 tells us what they did while they were preaching that men should repent. They also cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now, again, their emphasis was on the spiritual needs. That's what they were sent out to do. But they also, remember, had power in verse number 7 to uh, over unclean spirits. And so they also used that power that God granted them to cast out many devils. And they were also able then to anoint many with oil uh, that were sick and healed them. So their emphasis was on the spiritual first and foremost, but they did not totally ignore nor neglect or disregard the emotional and physical needs of people. These are the practical needs that we all have. And so as we go and serve the Lord, yes, our first and primary responsibility is to get the gospel, which will change somebody's eternal address. That is the most important uh, part of our ministry. But there's other aspects, too, when dealing with people. You know, if somebody comes in to my office, I'm a pastor, you know, and they're like, hey, I, I want to I talk to you, and, 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 it, and it's something, you know, health-related. I'm not going to say, no, nah, don't want to hear it. Are you saved? That's, I mean, well, yeah, I'm saved, but, okay, good. Next, next appointment? That, that would be obviously very insensitive. You see, ministering to people is not just salvation, that is the most important, that is number one priority, that is the emphasis, but we also need to realize that just like the disciples went out and cast out many devils, there were people that had some real emotional issues going on, and then they had some real physical issues as well, and they were able to meet some of those needs. So as we minister to folks, we can't neglect those other areas. Those don't need to be number number one, but they also don't need to be totally ignored. Remember, it was Jesus who said in Matthew 25, he said, for I was in hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came into me. Then the righteous answer him saying, Lord, we don't, we don't get it. When did we see you hungry? We don't remember seeing you hungry and fed thee or thirsty and gave you drink. I don't remember that. When did we see thee a stranger took thee in, naked or clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison or came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, And verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So the Lord says, look, when you're ministering to people in their practical needs, it's as if you're doing those same practical ministry towards me. It's pretty amazing. And so as we go out and serve the Lord, yes, we need to get the gospel. That is our primary focus as a church, and that is the primary emphasis of the Word of God. But we also can be a blessing in other areas too and be practical as we minister to the people 
in our sphere of influence. So as we look at these disciples who had spent two years, 24 months with the Lord Jesus, it was time for them to start serving. It was time to serve. Did they feel ready? I can't imagine that they all went, oh, yeah, we've got this. I, pro- I, I think they probably felt like, man, we keep saying things and he keeps rebuking us. I just don't know that we're exactly prepared for this. But the Lord said, you know what? Ready or not, it's time to go. And maybe you're feeling the same way. Like, I don't know that I could really show up on October 2nd and, and help get the gospel out. Ready or not, it's time. And like Isaiah said of old, here am I, send me, I'll go and do it. Today is Grandparents' Day, as we've already mentioned. Maybe there's some here today who say, you know, yeah, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. T-shirt doesn't fit anymore. Uh, But, uh, so we'll just let everybody else do it. We'll just let everybody else, all the youngins, all the whippersnappers step up to the plate. Amen, whippersnappers better step up to the plate. But uh, Grandma and Grandpa, we still need you if you're physically able to show us the way. And to encourage us and to pray for us. We, we, we all need to go. At some point, we got to stop. Uh, not, 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 not that we stop learning, not that we stop growing, but we got to start using what we have learned and have grown to the point where we can go and be a blessing to others. And these disciples, the Lord felt like, it's time. Two by two, let's send you guys out. I was reading and studying for this, and uh, one commentator was like, who do you think the Lord matched these guys up with? Because you know he assigned it. Like Peter had to go with so-and-so, and John had to go with so-and-so, Judas. Who would Judas go with? Interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll ask the Lord in heaven uh, who, who was matched up with who. An interesting, uh, interesting thought there. These guys let, were willing to leave their comfort zone, verse number 12, and they went out. Are you willing to leave your comfort zone to go out? and get the gospel, and be a blessing to others? I hope the answer is yes. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity this morning to look at these disciples and the charge that the Lord Jesus gave them. And Father, we, as we look at this, we see ourselves here. Lord, as I was studying this and preparing this, I thought back to those, those times when, when I was put in a place where I needed to start serving, where I needed to start talking, where I needed to start preaching. Oh, I was so nervous. But Lord, I'm so thankful that I learned to do it then so that now I can do what I do now. And Lord, as those disciples learned that lesson then, Lord, you were able then to later use them in a very powerful way later after you were gone. And Lord, I know you have a desire to use each and every one of us in this room to accomplish great things for your glory and getting the gospel out and being a blessing and ministering to others. 
Father, I pray that you would help us to be willing to leave our comfort zone. Yeah, we're going to feel inadequate. Yeah, we're going to feel like uh, what, how people are going to treat us. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to leave anyway and, and follow you by faith, depending upon your power, not on our own resources, but upon you. And Lord, we thank you for this passage of scripture. I pray you'd use it in each and every life. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed as Miss Pat begins to play. I want to invite you to have a time of prayer and decision right there in your seat regarding something that the Lord has spoken to you about this morning. I really believe that any time the Word of God is opened and preached, that God speaks to hearts. As He's spoken to your heart today, I want to encourage you to be obedient to whatever God has spoken to you about that you'll not procrastinate and put this off, but that you'll make some real concrete decisions this morning. I'll go ahead and be quiet and let you have a time of prayer and decision.